You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody. I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. And this is another episode of Scatter Shooting. Rat-tat-tat-tat. Where anything goes. Sometimes we're silly. Yep. Sometimes we're serious. Yep. Sometimes we're both at the same time. Yep. You just never know. And sometimes we have a really good idea of what we're going to talk about on the show. And then we just go off down on different trails, different tracks, which is one of the reasons why we call this this show Scatter Shooting. Yeah. Because yep. we're like Waffle House, scattered, smothered, and covered, whatever. <laughs> Did you like my sound effects? I felt like they were kind of Hollywood grade sound no, effects. No, I like them, yes. Rat to tap pow. Yes, I like them. And you know, I kind of paused. You know what I was saying? Just so that you could step in and Thank do something. You so like much that. for that. So uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. All right. Well, uh, you know, today, I, you know, I think a lot of people are ill at ease, yeah. not exactly comfortable yeah. uh, with the way things are in their lives in this country what's happening i get the feeling that you know people are more concerned about the future right now than maybe since uh, the 60s maybe Bay of Pigs kind of uh, time frame yeah the early 60s with the cuban uh, missile crisis cuban missile crisis I remember my parents, you know, really concerned because, you know, I mean, I was too little then to, to understand, but they really thought that something really terrible could happen. Right. And then, of course, you know, World War II, that that sort of thing, when, when people, you know, really, and there truly was a danger then that we could be, the West Coast could be invaded by the Japanese, the East Coast could be invaded by uh, the Germans, and, uh, you know, there's that show on uh, Amazon, The Man in the High Castle, mm. uh, which is based on an alternative future where the United States lost World War II. Right. And that basically the Japanese were in control of the western half of what used to be the United States and the Nazis were in control of what used to be the eastern half of the United States. And so people are concerned about where we're headed, uh, whether it's politically or just life in general uh and i kind of fall into that same category because you know you kind of have to wonder when you see everything being as divided as it is as divisive as it is about just what the future holds yeah well as you know i spent uh the better part of my life working in church and you know the church has some opinions about what's going on right now I mean, historical opinions about what's going on right now. And I, let me ask you this. Yeah. As somebody who's been involved with churches, mm-hmm. uh, are you have, have you seen that? Are, are you seeing that? Are ministers that you talk to, are more people coming in and being counseled as to... The unrest part? Yeah. Um, you know what's weird... I don't necessarily think there's more people, quote unquote, coming in. And and that's a big part due to COVID. Like, it's really disconnected. So from a sheer number standpoint, it's probably about the same. Um, But what is happening is is less formal private conversations. 
In other words, when people want to come in and speak to someone of faith, they are having a crisis that they have categorized as relevant to to that person. So they're going to come and talk to me as a minister about marriage problems, addictions, things like that, struggle, even just questions in their faith. When it comes to being scared about what's going on, uneasy, it comes out in stuff like this. Hey, man, I mean, what do you think about what's going on? <laughs> you know? And then... And then you you dive into that and they and then they they get into that. So so yes and no. I mean, I think that it's absolutely accurate. Yes, people are they're on edge. They're on edge is the best way of putting it. They're just on edge and they're, they're it's like it's like you mentally feel people shifting their eyes back and forth, left and right, like be head on a swivel kind of thing. Just to see if the mob is uh is headed in with uh, the pitchforks right. and uh and the uh you never, you don't know what you can and can't say. I mean, seriously, like you don't know what's going to get you in trouble. You know, your heart, you know, that you don't have any ill intent, but it has nothing to do with intent these days. It's just, you know, you know, and I, I've heard that from a lot of people and I've especially heard it from people who are on uh, social media. Yeah. You know, and, and I've had these thoughts myself because I mean, you know, i have a real job uh, such as it is for a major company. And uh, that's, you know, on my uh, Twitter page, you know, it lays uh, all that out. And, you know, before I, I, you know, you were throwing opinions down and things like that. But uh, nowadays you're, you know, you have to think a, a little bit about, you know, when you see something, you're like, oh, I, well, I disagree. You know, you're right. typing something out, and then you're like, no, um, can't do that. You know, delete, delete, delete. Right. Before you hit send, send, send. I did a little test. It was about two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago. I don't remember what it was, but um, I've been off and on the Facebook, as it were. Um, a couple of times. And the last time I left, I tried an experiment before I left because I was just getting frustrated. It was probably maybe 2017-ish. And um, I thought, this this is what I'm going to try. And I did this post. And I and the post, here's the plan. I'm going to make a post that really no practical person in my friends list could honestly disagree with unless they simply just wanted to be disagreeable. Right? So here was the post. And I'm not kidding. I said, Hitler was one of the worst people ever. Now, I felt like that is a pretty solid post where you, unless you want to argue, you're you're not really going to argue that. I I mean, especially when you say one One of of the, you know, you, I mean, is he the worst ever? Well, you could certainly make an argument that he was, but you could also make an argument for, Joe Stalin, right? Uh, for you lots know, of people. lots of people. You know, go back in, into through history, all, yeah. all kinds of Genghis Khan. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, so throwing that out there, um, I got arguments, and I thought this is why I'm leaving, because a statement like that shouldn't have an now, argument. Well, now, what was the argument? The argument like what we just said? Well, you know, maybe it was yeah. Joe Stalin, or was it? Well, you know, really, he wasn't all that bad. No, it was. It wasn't the latter. It was. It was throwing out other people that they thought. Again, I said one of the worst. Yeah. But they wanted to make sure that they're like they wanted to disagree. So even though they agreed he was one of the worst, 
he was, you know, here's some people who I think definitely are the worst. And then they're, and you know, they want to talk about, and, and I get it. They, I can't remember the specific one that really stuck out to me, but I do remember somebody mentioned an obscure person, maybe someone like uh, Palpot uh, or somebody like that. Oh, or, in Cambodia, yeah. Yeah, so where a lot of people wouldn't know about that unless you happen to be in that space, you know? Right, Time or of a, a certain age. Right, and so, and it's like, well, okay, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, but it was like, what, what, what are you doing? You can... You can like the post. I agree. That's a simple little thing. You can not comment or you can comment, agree or just, you know, whatever, not disagree. I mean, that would have been. So for me, it was, this was going to determine whether I stayed on. If I got an argument, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just getting off this thing. And I did. And the only reason I got back on, I think I've told you before, I started playing paintball and that's how you find paintball events. So <laughs> nationwide, worldwide, that's how you do it. If you want to play locally, you just go to your field. So this is the state we're in. You talk about people being concerned about what they say. Yeah, of course you can't say. And that was, that was 2017 here in 2020. I can't say what would happen now. What would happen? I mean, I almost want to try it again because I don't know what would happen. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, there's, this has come out now and, and you, you know, they, uh, you can add, this is, it actually happens. You can go to, if you type in, you know, everybody's, st- or not everybody, the Democrats haven't said much about it, <clears throat> but about Antifa. Mm. And you uh, can go, unless it's changed somehow, you go to Antifa.com. And you know where you wind up? I have a feeling I do, but I, well, can I just, I'm going to guess, because I don't know. Do you end up at the DNC? Uh, pretty close. You end up at the Biden Harris website. Wow. And if you type in and now this was, and I, you know what? Hey, I hadn't really even well, considered anybody, this. Yeah. Anybody can buy a on, domain. And, and I admit, it. I saw this on Fox last okay. night, but it wasn't a story about them telling you it was them showing you. You type in oh, Antifa.com. Wow. Totally just did. And it went to JoeBiden.com. There you go. Antifa.com directs you to the biden harris website now i want to say this for those and you who just don't did know. it and, and that yeah i just absolutely and, I, and i've never done so this is a real thing this so is not it's a real thing and it's instantly to together we'll beat donald trump um and here's donate money now here's the thing anybody can buy a domain this is needs to be said anybody can buy a web domain like antiva.com and forward it to any address they want without getting permission in other words in fairness to what's happened here it doesn't mean that Joe Biden is endorsing Antifa. It simply means whoever bought Antifa.com is endorsing Joe Biden. However, this is a, a thing that has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, and you would think, because Antifa, as far as I know, doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, if you watch certain. Sorry. But as far as I know, are a bunch of lunatics thugs and all like this so and and we have seen you type in antifa.com it takes you to biden harris if joe biden or kamala harris kamala i don't mean to i think it's kamala but i don't see here i'm going i'm already getting don't worry about it if they didn't (laughs) like that yeah don't you think by now joe biden would have said 
and one of his little trips out of the basement, this is not us. You know, we are not in favor of these. Well, of course, I guess it would be contrary if they say they're not in favor of Antifa. It would ha- it would be an admittance that Antifa really exists. It's it is a rock and a hard place. It is kind of hmm. yes. It's kind of like you know the story that's out there now. Jonathan Carl of ABC News did a story on this. I guess it was yesterday did a story on this. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people uh, believe that Joe Biden isn't what he used to be w- w- when it comes to mental acuity. Yeah. That he's lost a step. You know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. You know, however you want to say it. Well, Jonathan Coral, and, and there's, I mean, to me, there's a lot of evidence out there. I mean, you just have to watch a Joe Biden press conference and you're going, really? Well, Jonathan Carl did a story where he was talking about that this story that, that Joe Biden has kind of lost a step mentally is from the Russians. Oh. The Russians. Yeah, you didn't know that. Have planted the story that Joe Biden I thought, see, I thought everybody knew it was the Russians. Uh, I didn't realize that's news to you. Yeah, that's news to me. Huh. Because, I mean, you know, I've actually watched some Joe oh, Biden news conferences. You kind of came to that opinion on Yes, I kind of, yes. That's weird. Because I've seen, and especially when you see the Joe Biden of really just a couple of years ago, uh, doing news conferences and talking about things. And I mean, he's clicking, well, I can't even, clicking things <laughs> off. One right at, yes, just right, you know, handling issue all like this. And then, you know, they run that and then they run the Joe Biden of yesterday. Yeah. You know, and he's over there talking about, uh, you know, uh, COVID and it's like in a hundred, uh, yeah, there's a hundred, well, it's the worst in, well, uh, uh, a hundred years of COVID that we've had. It's the worst, you know, and you're like, really? And just so you know, someone's going to take this clip right here to make that case about you. Yes. Out of context. That's true. (laughs) That's true. It wouldn't necessarily be wrong. I was going to say, even out of context, it still doesn't make it untrue. uh, Right. (laughs) And, and so that's, you know, and so if, if they're, if they don't like seeing this, yeah, because I know somebody on their staff is aware of this. Right. Uh, and they've not said anything, not said anything about it. Hmm. And and maybe that's the whole reason. Well, if I mean, you, vote if you vote. deny it, if you say they don't, they don't exist. Well, you're kind of like you said, a rock in a hard place. If you deny, if you say, hey, we're not affiliated with that, we're not, and you've already said they don't exist. Well, I mean, you can't very well. <sighs> yeah. Well, in true scatter shooting, um, yeah, we've kind of gone off the uh, rails of where we were that's originally all right. headed. Where were we originally headed? Well, we were originally headed, you know, people wondering about oh. what the what the future holds. Oh, yeah. And for people who've read the Bible mm-hmm. and gone to Revelation, mm-hmm. that's kind of a foretelling of the future. Yeah. So here's an interesting reality. Just we're gonna we're gonna go over Bible prophecy one oh one real quick in a nutshell. So uh, there's books in the Old Testament of Bible prophecy, um, Daniel, Ezekiel, um, Jeremiah, several. I'm not going to name them all. Um, 
and they talk about so so the the big thing to understand is prophecy is written always in a way that from the perspective of who's writing it and how they understand it so imagine um seeing something from the future like if we go back say 200 years and someone saw an f-16 jet fighter just 200 200 years um that person's interpretation how would they describe what they saw you know what i'm saying so they would likely describe it as a flying ship or a bird uh, like i know that uh, the thunderbird uh legend in the uh, southwest right you know so so that's what we're dealing with and really that would be a, a pretty accurate you yeah. know especially if you saw an f-16 flying hard especially at at somewhat low level yes well it's gonna sound like thunder and i mean it's flying so a bird right and if i'm not mistaken ironically i believe the thunderbirds of the i think it's the air force uh, right the blue the blue angels are the navy Navy, thunderbirds the uh, air force and i i believe those are f-15s or (laughs) f-16s just coincidentally in this conversation but in any case um, it, you got to look at prophecy the same way. So as they're seeing what they're or talking about, what they're seeing, it's way in the future. In the, in the case of Revelation, you've got John, not John the Baptist or not John the disciple. It's a guy named uh, John who they call him uh, uh, John, uh, who wrote it on the, uh, the John the Revelator is what he's referred to. And he was, um, he wrote this on the island of Patmos. So John the Revelator, you know, there's this, here we go again. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, Sons of Anarchy? No. There is some areas there where John the Revelator comes into play. Oh. And there's even a song. Like what? a folk song, I'm yes. hoping. Fantastic. Yes. yes. That reminds me of the, um, it's that show. It doesn't matter. But I'm going to have to watch Sons of Anarchy now just for that. Actually, I've been wanting to watch a long time. I'm one of those guys that when a good show comes out and it's already like two or three seasons in, everyone's talking about it. I'm like committed to waiting so that Until, I can watch so all of it. So you can watch uh, all of it? Yeah. You know, I I wasn't interested when it first came, you know, because I'm like a motorcycle gang, really. I, I'm not really all that fired up about that. And one of our a guy that um, used to work at we, uh, Tom Miller. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love Tom Miller. And Tom uh, said, hey, have you have you seen Sons of Anarchy on uh, on uh, Netflix? It was on Netflix. No, I'm not really. He said, dude gotta watch it it's the greatest show ever hmm. and i'm like really and he goes yeah he said i didn't think i'd like it either and i got into it and it's like i just blah, 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 i can't stop so i'm like okay and so i watched it one night and i'm like oh my gosh hmm. this really is really good yes it is really really good hmm. and there's a sequel out now called mayans the the, the mayans were a rival a, a rival a rival motorcycle gang and so this sequel to sons of anarchy is about Hmm. the mayans but yes sons of anarchy is so like the sons of anarchy john the revelator (laughs) on the island of patmos so he he gets this revelation and, and what happens it's a vision and he is shown these things by jesus uh who is now at the right hand of the father in the timeline uh the father being father god for those who are uninitiated so then we go into what is called apocalyptic language <laughs> for obvious reasons. It's about the end of the world. So he starts seeing this. Now, a lot of people argue this was all about the Roman Empire, and and there's a fair reason to make that argument. However, 
uh, for those who don't prescribe to that, it is talking about the end of civilization on the planet because it talks about a new Jerusalem, a new heaven, new earth. So these are all things that we would have to interpret. He says he saw a new heaven and a new earth. So let's, what, what does that mean? So one a great example of how you could see a new heaven, if we were looking at a new heaven, we would say, okay, the heavens are stars and stuff like that. Well, we've talked about pole shift. Uh, we haven't, you and I, sorry. Pole shift is a thing that science is very familiar with. It's happened many times. And there, and in this process, the earth doesn't necessarily move, but the pole shift. The, the, kind of the magnetic. The magnetic poles, poles right. Yes. But there is some philosophy out there, some ideas that in some cases that there is actual land shifting that that over a period of time, eight, nine months in some cases, that the whole globe kind of shifts. Now, now the thing is, if you're in Australia, when you look at the moon, it will appear upside down to what it's like when we're here in the United States. Because if you look at it like a globe, you know, they're essentially standing on their head. Right. <laughs> from from our perspective. Therefore, the moon, which does not change at that, you know, from distance, appears upside down. So again, now if if that happened on the Earth's crust, it had shifted around. Then when you'd look up, you would see a new heaven. It wouldn't be the same. The Big Dipper wouldn't be in the same place. Nothing would be in the same place that you're used to seeing it. So that's that's kind of how interpretation begins to happen. So when we start talking about how the you know when the end is coming, Jesus in uh, the book of Matthew chapter 28 started saying, "If you see these signs, wars and rumors of wars, um, brother against brother, like all this fighting and stuff." Then you will, he says, then you'll know that the end is near. He talks about running for the hills and hiding in the, in the caves and things like that. And so one of the things that sticks out is there are certain things that have to happen in prophecy before the end happens. And this is, for example, Israel has to become a state. Well, Israel became a state, I think, 1950. Uh, 1947, 47, wasn't it? 47, somewhere in there. After World War II. After World War II, right. And yes. Israel becomes a state. Now, this is the beginning of when Christians in America start really talking about end times because until Israel became a state, no end time prophecy could really be kicked into gear because that had to happen first. So if Israel didn't exist, then we're not worried about it. Right, because you had in the 1860s, you talk about brother fighting brother. Right. Well, we had the Civil War Civil here War. in the United States, so people you know, might have been. However, that would have been just in the United States. Other parts of the world, that wasn't going exactly. on. Exactly, and they wouldn't know about it. And they wouldn't know, right, in the 18th, they, wouldn't, they might not even know about right. it. You know, some guy in Greece, he may not have the slightest idea that, you know, that there's a Civil War going on in the United States. Right. And, and we're going to, that's another thing we'll talk about is the world ability for the world to see certain things, because in prophecy, there's a lot of things where it's not really possible in, in what year was the island of Patmos thing within the first uh, hundred years AD, uh, I believe. So, and when people talk about in, in the first hundred years AD, when people talk about the world, right, they don't really mean the world as we know it today, because in a hundred AD, they knew they what didn't, they knew. They didn't know about, you right. know, the world for them was basically their neighborhood. Right. That was their world. Right. And I, and, and man, this could, this could be like 17 episodes because, because I think what's relevant about that statement is now you have to start looking at other people groups and their 
apocalyptic stories. And some of them have time frames. And one that I'll bring up is the Mayans. We we all mm, were aware right. of the 2012, 2012 prediction. Sure. So the Mayan calendar ran out. And so you're like, exactly. Uh, now that weird mean- without knowing much of anything, here's what's weird about the Mayans. The Mayans were arguably the most accurate timekeepers in the history of all civilization. They were able to track um, astronomical events that were beyond the length of time their civilization existed. Now you got to ask yourself, how is that even possible? Mm. 20, I think it's like 26,000 years. We have uh, what is called the recession, uh, orbital recession or wobble or whatever. Basically as the earth spins, it has this little wobble and for it to go through that whole cycle, takes like 26,000 years. That's longer than the beginning and end of the Mayans. Yet the Mayans were able to calculate that wobble precisely. That is an amazing reality. And that's just one of hundreds, if not thousands of things they were able to do. So beyond getting into the alien side of this, which I'd love to do because honestly, that's pretty relevant. They had predicted the end of the world. They started their, they started their calendar. Their long count calendar didn't start at zero which is weird, right? <laughs> it started at a certain time, like, and, and it was a time before they existed. Another weird thing. Why would you start time, not even at zero, but still before your whole society ever existed, thousands of years before it started? Right. And then thousands of years, I don't know how many years it's been since they've, because Mayans still exist, but the culture itself well, yeah, the uh, motorcycle gang. Well, and, uh, <laughs> right, uh, but, but the descendants of the Mayans, right. even down in, in uh, that, that part of the world. So, so here's the thing. Recently, and you may have seen this article, and it would be on par for 2020, um, there was an article that came out that actually had said that um, there was some missed calculations, and when they went back and refigured the Mayan calendar, it was actually... 2020 was the date. Really? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You can. I did. I missed, missed that. that one. It's kind of interesting. But that is pretty 2020, right. right there. Exactly. So, so going back to the Bible part of this. So again, started at the t- time that the Israel became a state. Now, there is lots of prophecy, and I will not be able to cover it all here because one, I'm not prepared for this. This is scatter shooting. Two, um, it's been a long time since I covered all this, so I'm going to stick out. The, think of the ones that stick out, right? So one of the things that has to happen is a treaty, a treaty signed in the Middle East. Now, a treaty, not just in the Middle East, between Israel and, uh, and her enemies. Now, a lot of you may not have realized this, but it wasn't but a couple weeks ago. There is a treaty signed between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. That was just about even before that. Even before that. Even before that. You know, we had one signed between Israel and the Arabs. Right. And that was a Bush administration at one point. Even they signed one, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you know, there have been There's been several. Signed and not, you know. Not followed through with. (laughs) Right, 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 right. It's just like most treaties. Right. But there there is a treaty that's signed, and the treaty actually... Uh, for some people, would begins the count of a seven year of tribulation, seven years of tribulation on the earth, um, which is followed by a lot of signs. And there's plenty of movies made about this. And I will tell you that a lot of the movies they follow loosely, um, pretty pretty accurately, but loosely interpreted what what happens. So so that's one of the things. So you have you have that. Um, you have the establishment of Israel's estate. You have a treaty that's signed. There's also um, 
a thing that a lot of people have probably heard of called the Mark of the Beast, and it's blown out of not blown out of proportion, but it's it's taken out of context a lot. Most people would say, you know, and and it says the mark is the number of his name and the number of his name six six six. So like yes. this is the whole. It's like passage. the in the uh, movie uh, the Omen. The Omen, right? Damien, um, that's Damien. that kid. Stop that, dude! I got headphones Still on, get... and when you do that, that freaks me Damien. out. <laughs> so, so here's the thing: what is the mark of the beast used for? Well, it's used for buying and selling goods. Now, when this was written. 2,000 years ago, this is what it was. This mark would be taken on the back of the hand or the forehead, and you could not buy or sell if you did not have the mark of the beast. Okay, so think about this. 2,000 years ago, this being written. Today, if we didn't have that, if someone said, hey, I got this new idea where we can put a mark on you, let's call it a barcode or whatever, and all your information can be there and you can just swipe your hand or we'll put it on your forehead. Even if it was, even if it was infrared, like who would want a barcode tattoo on their head? But what if it's like black light stuff, you know, where it only glows at a certain level, you don't even see that. And then you walk into a store and they know you're there. And when you walk out of that store with stuff in your hands, you're just charged. That technology exists right now to have happen. So, um, so this is what, could have been seen now i wasn't i wasn't at the island of patmos when john was having this revelation so i couldn't ask him any further detail but a lot of scholars biblical scholars believe that this mark is present in in our technology today that it is there and it's certainly doable today there's no question but with covid what has happened in western africa and i'm not sure how many countries in western africa but i believe it is more than one maybe not maybe it's just one is there's been a government mandate for for their citizenry to take a chip i believe it's it's some sort of implant in their their hand or their forehead for them to have two things one the the instigator was to keep medical records so they would know who'd been um who'd had covid who hadn't who'd been vaccinated for different things and then they said hey you know what the money's so dirty and transmitting disease, we will just put your currency on it as well. And they're mandating this in the country. So now you have exactly what the Bible had laid out in Revelation happening in a part of the world, not far from where everything went down. <laughs> Side note. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. so so you have, that's the mark of the beast, you got to buy and sell. So these are all things that are markers, right? Road signs to the end of the world. Then you have... Another one that I think is kind of interesting called the talks about the two witnesses. Um, these two witnesses, lots of people think that they are going to be there. There's two people who we don't really know how they died or that they died ever. And uh, it was, I believe it's Moses and Enoch in the Bible. Uh, no, Elijah. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's Elijah. Took up in a chariot of fire, was taken to heaven. He didn't die. He was taken in a chariot of fire. And then Moses was buried by God. So presumably he didn't die. He didn't enter the promised land. He went to be with God. So the idea, a lot of people believe that those two will be the witnesses because they never died. And the Bible says it's accounted to every man a day to die. And so there's an argument there, but it doesn't really matter. But what happens is the whole world will witness these two men uh, spouting the the, uh, the uh, message of the good news. They're preaching the gospel from 
to the world, to the streets. I'm not sure how that unfolds. I can't remember again. But they will be killed and left in the street for three days, and then three days later they'll rise again, which has a theme. You know, Jesus did the same right. thing. Right, yeah. And so the first thing is everyone will see it. It's not been until real recently that the technology existed for everyone in the world to actually be able to witness it. You know, you'd mentioned that before. How could any, you know, back in even even the 40s where there was some sort of that kind of tech, you really couldn't worldwide. There would be so many people. But again, I you know, I have this uh, missionary friend in Africa and, and things that maybe we don't know here is that even, even villages and, and stuff in Africa that don't have power, they actually have cell towers and smartphones and they use solar chargers to charge those phones. So they don't have electricity, but they do have smartphones. And with that technology today that you hold in your hand that so many people have, they can shoot a video, take a picture, yep. post it on various social media platforms, and it is all over the world. Right. It really is. So, and the last little thing I'll kind of mention here, because I, I will get lost in the weeds pretty quick if we haven't already done it, is this prediction that there was a there is a one world government. Actually, I'll mention two other things. A one world government. Now, um, w- this is not a new concept, and there's been lots of uh, U.S. presidents who mm-hmm. have been very much for that, including some that, that Christians in general would have endorsed that would not endorse the idea of a one-world government, and Bush is one of them. Um, And so, you know, this is what's interesting about Donald Trump, because he is very much against that concept. Um, He is all about the United States, and he believes every country should be that way. Patriots, you know? Right. In any case, there is a one-world government, one-world currency, one world, and that the Antichrist comes into play as the ruler of of that one world government. Now we aren't there yet, right? We don't have a one world government. However, there's lots of push for that. Right. And we have in a way something, you know, we do have the United Nations, right? Which is a kind of a governing body, if you will. Although usually, you know, when it actually tries to do something, you know, it doesn't get done because the Russians and the Chinese can veto it. And so can we, but, you know, but any, but anyway, that's kind of maybe the beginnings mm-hmm. of something like that. And then we also have the European Union. They went to the euro. You know, we used right. to have, uh, you know, every country in Europe had its own currency. Yes, a global currency is now a part of that. the in the European Union. There are the euros. You don't really right. have the Deutschmarks anymore from Germany or mm-hmm. the uh, French francs and. So, that sort of thing. So the only other thing that I would bring up in this right now, and there, and again, man, we I could do a whole podcast on this, especially if I, you know, boned up on my research there. But like um, the, this is the most interesting: the Battle of Armageddon. Okay, this is uh, this is a, an area um, in the Middle East uh, called Armageddon, and that's where that term comes from. Uh, I can't remember what it means right now, but it's something really cryptic and cool. Um, but the Battle of Armageddon is the world versus Israel. Now, here's where I've stood for a long time, that this end of the world thing that everyone's talking about, because growing up in church, 
and I say growing up, I, I started going to church when I was 14, so I didn't really grow up, grow up in it. But in those years, I heard a lot about this and, and the idea that Jesus was coming again. They've talked about the rapture, which is a whole nother thing to talk about. But, um, one of the things that I found super interesting is none of this is going to work because the United States exists. So United States is a world power throws a kink in everything because a lot of the world is already against Israel. Right. But the United States ever since Israel was founded has been the best ally of Israel. Absolutely. And so this has always been my position when the Bible, the Bible doesn't say Israel and the United States against the world, Israel, it's Israel against the world. So even a decade ago, even five years ago, could we imagine a world where the U.S. was not standing beside Israel against the Middle Eastern countries, which essentially is what we're looking at, right? right. Uh, of course not. We would be right there. But today, can I imagine a world where the U.S. is not standing by Israel? My argument in the past has been the United States has to either become irrelevant or non-existent, which would facilitate your relevance. Um, and so I'm like, well, I mean, we're a world power. This is not, it's not going to just turn on a dime to where we're not that anymore. And then I live in 2020. Right. And I recognize that a couple things can make the U S irrelevant. And I'll tell you right now, the easiest thing right now, you want to make the U S irrelevant. We're already destroying ourselves from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So you want to just fast track that hit the power grid. Any country in the world that decides to hit our power grid, boom, anarchy. And are we going to go fight some more in 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 uh, solidarity with Israel in the middle of that? No, we wouldn't even be able to. No. So what used to be something that had to be crazy far off is now very obtainable. You know, I, I, I would say that you wouldn't even necessarily have to have a failure of the power grid. No, you definitely uh, wouldn't necessarily you, need that. I, I I believe that you all you need is a shift in power in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And the way things are going, if, well, let's just say, if the Biden-Harris ticket wins the election and the Democrats say increase their majority in the house and flip the senate then i think with some of the wackiness that's going on with the democrats these days that the united states unwavering support of israel oh yeah will no longer exist no i'm not saying that we would totally turn our backs on the israelis but we wouldn't I'm fight on their saying, behalf in an environment like that Right. Because it would be right. considered racist to do so. I mean, seriously, I, would it not? Well, it would be. I, I I, just think that if 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 that happens, that I could see us not necessarily stepping into the fray to support the Israelis. Right. Depending upon, you know, the, the situation. Yeah. And so I don't think it would take, you know, the United States you know, losing control, you know, that the power grid is gone or something like that. I think it would just be something as simple 
as an election. Yeah. To ship that. Well, the last thing I want to say about this is I'm sure there are people listening that would say to me, well, Jeremy, like any Christian who knows anything knows that the rapture is going to happen before any of this stuff happens. So a bunch of people are going to disappear. And maybe that, you know, there's an argument to be made for that in, in the book of Thessalonians. Now, they would also say that in Revelation and all these other prophetic things that it's like, well, I mean, it's all open interpretation. You know, you have to, and, and they would say this, 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 and this has to happen. And they'll have this laundry list of what has to happen. And even the case that I'm making is going to fall within the point I'm about to make. And if you're in so inclined to learn more about this, you can check out the His Words podcast on the Stream Grace Network because I covered it just recently. But Jesus, what that podcast is all about is I go through the words of Jesus only. I mean, I talk about the context of it, so I don't just read what he says because that wouldn't make sense if I just said, that's right. Because <laughs> that's the part he said. <laughs> but anyway, I go through the words of Jesus chronologically in in the Gospels. And so it kind of tells just that story, right? Well, he goes through this long stint. What he does is he heals this guy at the pool of Bethesda. And the Jews get upset because what happens, he tells this guy to get up and take his bed. And there's a whole lesson in this. But um, the Jews, which really come down to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they see him. Uh, this guy carrying his bed, and they're like, hey, you can't do that. It's the Sabbath. It's, it's not lawful for you to carry your bed. And so he said, well, Jesus told me to get up and walk. He didn't say exactly like this paraphrase. Jesus told me to do it. And they're like, which one is Jesus? Let's, who, who's the guy? So, he, you know, that, that's Jesus over there. So the, so then they want to kill him, <laughs> like that quick, you know, zero to 60. And And so Jesus is talking to him, and basically he lays out near the end of this, he says, you have poured over the scriptures looking for me, and I am standing before you as a witness to those scriptures. And so what he's saying is this, that these Pharisees, these Sadducees, and this is my point, they had all of these prophecies predicting Jesus, but they had an idea. They had already, they'd studied it to the nth degree. They looked at Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of these, Ezekiel, all of these these prophetic books and they had figured out that he's going to be a king. And so they had in their mind precisely what it would look like. And Jesus was standing in front of them and they could not see him for who he was. I would submit to you, Randy, that all the people who've included myself, who've read revelation and have a great idea of exactly what's going to happen before the end of the world, probably are wrong. And that we're not going to see it for what it is because we are so tunnel visioned as to what it is, what we think we've got to figure it out because that's the only book left. That's well, the future. And the, you know, I, I agree with you on that because we, it, it all depends upon, like you said, the, the interpretation. And, and here's one that I'll say right now, Yeah, when this was written and it was Israel against the world, Right. Well, the United States of America didn't exist. Right. I mean, the earliest the United States started, according to the New York Times, is 1619. And that still is way in the future from when this was written. In fact, they didn't even know that the they didn't even know that the landmass that became the United States right. didn't know that existed. And so when they it is said that it's Israel against the world. When we read that today, well, we assume 
We take that literally for what we know now, that it's Israel against, against the world, the, the world, the globe. Right. Israel against the English, the French, the the uh, the Arabs, the South Americans, the, you know, everybody, everybody. But when it was written, it was Israel against the known world, the known world, which was not a whole lot. Right. You had Rome, the Roman Empire. You had the Middle Eastern countries. You had the Far East countries that were known of, um, like the the wise man, the Magi came from the Far East. Um but yeah, you didn't. You basically didn't have the North American and South American continents, right? And and basically, in those days, if that's what was meant by you know the known sure. world, a lot of those countries and those people aren't up for standing up for the Israelis anyway, right. and haven't been. So sure. it's not a stretch to say that it's Israel against the world because the United States you know wasn't right. wasn't part of the conversation sure, sure and as far as true allies of israel i mean a lot of countries say oh yeah yeah we're yeah we're we're for the israelis mm-hmm. but when push comes to shove the united states really is That's the it. one if you take us out you're not going to see the ones that kind of come alongside us come alongside right. them right yeah and and you know i would encourage anybody listen to this if you're interested in this one i hope this doesn't scare you <laughs> I mean, I don't know where everyone stands on that. Um, uh, but man, you know what? Reach out to us, ask questions. I'm happy to to help you um, process through that. But I think the thing is this, man, you go read that book of Revelation and just read it in light of what we're experiencing today. And I, I think that you'll kind of be a little surprised. And, uh, and I don't think it'd be a bad idea for people to do. And when you look at that, especially the part about what you were talking about the mark of the beast and interpreting that as maybe chips Mm -hmm. in your hand or uh, on your forehead or something like that. Like we've talked about that technology exists today. And it is kind of interesting that somebody that's writing this all those years ago would even, I mean, even if they were on some really good mushrooms, it's hard to imagine that they would come up with right. that to conceptualize something like that, unless, and I know we're getting late in this, and it, and it mm. would be a, it would be a topic of for future shows, unless that person maybe was given a heads up well, by someone, some thing, some entity from yeah. another world where that technology already existed to go a little sci-fi right now i don't mind us diving into this a little bit but the process was john was shown by jesus this revelation on an island where he was basically put there um to die so he was i believe he was isolated he was by himself so which is interesting anyway because we have this book you know i don't know all the details honestly i don't know but um but one could say that he was given this information by somebody who did know what was going on. And in fact, that's precisely what Christians would believe. Now, if I were to say that it was a person from another planet and I, I E an alien, then a lot of Christians would freak out on me. But on the same token, isn't Jesus actually really functionally an alien? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? He says, he says in scripture 
he talks about being an alien. Um, I'll look it up while you respond to that. Well, just the, I mean, just the mere fact that he dies and then three days later he's resurrected. Right. I mean, regular, regular guys can't do that. <laughs> I just Google searched this. So, and this is just funny. Uh, Jesus is an alien from Venus claims controversial cult. I am not a part of this cult <laughs> because I just said what I said. Oh, uh, where is it? There is a passage. I so want to read it to you because you know, I don't want to be, I laughed at it. doesn't matter. <laughs> so anyway, by the, by, by loose definitions, we'll say Jesus is an alien angels. A good example. Angels are uh, beings from the heavens, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Jesus is a being from the heavens initially. Yeah. I think it's, uh, and, and again, I, you know, some people definitely would freak out about this sort of thing. And we, you know, with, uh, was it the first show we uh, did yeah. that was where we got into some of the space alien kind of things. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm a believer in, in that. Yeah. Call me crazy, but, no. uh, it's, and, and a lot of, and a lot of people wonder, well, you know, geez, if they really exist, how come we don't know for sure? Right. Why don't we know for sure? Why isn't there evidence that they exist? Right. And we haven't found it yet. Well, I'm here to say that we have found it and we're just really secretive about things. And some people also may have found it and not realized what it was they were looking at, what it was exactly that they found. But I, again, in my whole thing, if you're God, the most powerful entity in galaxy slash universe anywhere, would you just create this one time? Yeah. And my answer to that is, why heck no. Right. You do this and then you tinker with it and put something, a little different recipe somewhere else and, you know, put a little more flour and a little extra spice somewhere else and bake that for a while and then just, you know, all over. Yeah. So here, here's a good passage, okay, from, uh, uh, and this is not the one I was thinking of, but this is a good one too. This is, uh, this is John chapter 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. I mean, he's saying that. Now, you know, hey, do what you want with that information. Yes, he is a spirit being. But what when we define UFOs, we define people from other planets. Or not, we don't know people from other planets, but you know what I'm saying? When we talk about that, right. that fits the exact same right. definition. definition. Right. And it exactly. doesn't take away from the divinity of God, of Christ, of any of those things. That's not at all what we're saying. In fact, what I'm saying is the existence of the phenomenon is one of the strongest cases for Christianity in the first place. And this is an interesting argument that is made in the, like by Eric Von Daniken. He's, you know, we talked about this before he wrote chariots of the gods. He really started this idea of ancient aliens. And the thing is he, uh, I think he's German or Austrian. I think he's Austrian. Anyway, he, he made it really clear. And he said this a number of times that if you, don't start some religion based off what he's saying. He said, none of what I'm saying about ancient aliens 
being a part of, and he uses a lot of Bible to talk about it, but other things too. He's like, I'm not saying, I, I, he says, I pray every day. I'm a devout follower. It's not, this doesn't undo that. And this is why I'm so puzzled by it. I think it's the obtuse mind that, that says, well, this undoes everything. And that's the person that's asking why instead of why not. So I was just like, why not? Why, why is this not acceptable? Um, and for some people, the idea that that Christ would be considered not of this world, he says that. Yes, <laughs> he I'm says not of it. this world. Right, right. So, yeah. You anyway. know, somebody, I... Uh, and I'm not saying Jesus is an alien, like with green skin, guys. Like, don't mishear me. <laughs> I'm just saying that, it, again this world that we're talking about of unidentified flying objects of this, of beings from other planets to me validate scripture in a practical historical way, not just in a faith based way, but also in a faith way. Right. 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 No, I, and I, I, I agree with that. I always thought it was, you know, when I, when I was growing up in church and, and it was always, you know, we're the only ones, you know, no, nothing else. And, you know, and then I would look up at the sky at night and I'd be like, really? Right. How can that, how can that be? And it just didn't make any, it didn't make any sense to me. And yeah. I'm of same thing, you know, just, just like, okay, if there are other life forms, other places, why, why would that eliminate God? It, it amplifies, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, if there's life, otherwise, you know, God doesn't exist. Why not? Right. Could it not be like just what I said? It's admittedly very simplistic, but nonetheless. No, right. That, you know, if he did it here, why not do it at other places, but do it a little differently each time? Right. And, and, or, then, and maybe not, maybe he doesn't even do it differently. Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't. Right. right yeah. Maybe he does it the same thing way every although if it's me i'm doing it slightly differently everywhere but right if, if it's maybe he decides you know the other way okay we're going to do it the same way but because we're doing it in different places then the environment sure that this is being created it will change what evolves yeah because i mean obviously we're in what has become a perfect spot where, where the earth is in the relation, Goldilocks zone, right? The go, right. Yes. The Goldilocks zone where mm-hmm. it's just right. Perfect. But it doesn't necessarily mean that a different form of life couldn't exist in a different atmosphere. I mean, we saw it sure. on star Trek, right? You know, I mean, there <laughs> so it's were, gotta be true. So you know what? Really? <laughs> I, I mean, it's amazing. Some of those Star oh, Trek yeah. uh, episodes as to what they were getting into, but the, the premise of it, yes, for our type of life form, we're in, like you said, the, it's just right. It's the Goldilocks zone, but for another form of life somewhere else mm-hmm. might be ideal. Right. I mean, we really don't know. Right. The The science behind it would be the extremophiles on planet Earth, right? So life that exists, that can exist in the extremest of conditions. And sure. The, and the tardigrave, grave, tardig, anyway, it's the, the water bear, tardigrave, something like that. Anyway, it's, this, it's an organism that can live in the in the vacuum of space. Yeah. That's about as extremophile as you can get. Right. So... Uh, so yeah, there's life that exists even on this planet that exists in places that we couldn't exist, 
but right. but they thrive and there. see and that's that's the arrogance of humans yeah that we think well we can't live there uh, nothing can right because we're intelligent yes <laughs> right. right yes yes we are well and we just thinking, we just you know. assume that well you know if and that so many not just humans but that so many other life forms on earth have to have some of the same things that that we have to have in order to live yeah and that's our arrogance you know but maybe somewhere else everything evolved uh, differently because of the environment it didn't preclude life it just precluded our version of it version sure. of it but it encouraged another version mm-hmm. just like on this planet that other version that may exist somewhere else cannot exist here sure which now you're actually describing potentially dimensional existence because that would it, that you can't exist in this dimensional plane because you're not from this dimension and that is honestly where i think the spirit world is i think the spirit world is a dimension and when we talk about things of faith that's what we're talking about. When I talk about God and Jesus as aliens, I'm actually talking about those interdimensional beings that does, that live outside of our dimension. Well, and, and uh, a lot of Christians would agree with that. And there, <laughs> you know, there are some people who believe that you know there are alternate universes that are different dimensions where we, you know, Jeremy Griffin, Randy yeah. Renner, where where we exist in that other dimension, in that other universe, but we're a little our life has our lives have gone a little differently you know maybe you married someone else or you mm. your children were or you had a different life you know maybe on maybe in another universe you're bill gates and right. in that other universe bill gates is you uh you know it's it's really it's all fascinating to Right. Think about. And well, really, there's no wrong answer. There's well, no right answer. Right. Because you just don't know. And here's the weird thing is, so string theory, for those of you who watch Big Bang Theory, you'll know a little bit about string theory because one of the cool things about that show is the science is real. I mean, they, they literally, everything they talk about is a legitimate thing. And so you can look this up, but basically you've got uh, string theory, which is uh, basically a 26-dimensional idea. Then you have super string theory, which is a 10-dimensional idea, and M theory, it's an 11-dimensional idea. We live in three or four. Time is a fourth dimension, I believe. Anyway, so we think of, in terms of of three dimensions for the most part and time, but the science, researchers, people who are paid money just to, to learn <laughs> and to theorize have real have come to the conclusion that they think that there's up to 26 different dimensions. We can't even fathom 26 dimensions. Well, the only thing I'm sure of is that uh, at one time in the 60s and 70s, there was a fifth dimension. Yeah, it was a good one, too. Yeah, it sure was. A lot of big hits. Yeah, I enjoyed you know, it. Some people are going, what is that? What the heck does that mean? But others will re- will know exactly what the well, fifth dimension means. You know what that means. Yes, it means our time is up for this edition of Scatter Shooting. But obviously, we have a lot more stuff to talk about. And so that's why we'll have another episode. Well, yes, absolutely. Episode five next week. Coming up. Or right now, if you're binge watching. Oh, there you go. He's Jeremy Griffin. I'm Randy Renner. This is Scatter Shooting. 
where we talk about everything because anything goes.